And now presenting the Date Night Drive-In. It's the first episode of 2023. It's the first episode of 2023. Happy March. Happy, yeah. <laughs> and this is realistically going to come out in April, probably. Listen, um, we got busy. Uh, we did get busy. And this is our podcast, and we can do whatever we want, and we have like five listeners, so who yeah. cares? Meanwhile, Godzilla got busy. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. It's Godzilla hooping. Oh, amazing. He's wearing like Jordans, he's like dunking on someone. It's, Good it's for great. him. I'll, sh- I'll show you the meme. Godzilla's a girl, isn't she? I don't know. They, maybe? Non-binary monster rights. Okay, so today we are talking about a Pixar film. Yeah! One of your favourite Pixar films? Like a top no, five? No, but like I love most Pixar films. Okay. Is it a top five Pixar film for you? Definitely top ten. Okay, well, what is your top five? Or like top three? Ratatouille, definitely. You love Ratatouille. Inside Out. Okay. Turning Red is probably up there. Sure. Oscar nominee. Yeah, Oscar nominee. Ugh. Um, God, what else is what other Pixar movies have they Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc. Toy oh, Story. Monsters Inc. Yeah, to- any of the Toy Stories? No, they were a little bit before my time. Cars one and two, but not Cars three because that was done by the first studio. I do love Cars one, but no. Okay, fine. Um, uh, I think the audio um, experience of listening to me read out random Pixar films that I can think of where you go, no, they've missed it so much. Yeah, I mean, the people that listen to this podcast anyway. Yeah. Um, who one day might we might invite some more people on, but they need to uh, reply to our Facebook messages first. Yes. Yes, that was a subtweet of people that also <laughs> don't listen to this podcast, so like, uh, fine. Anyway, so yeah, today we're talking about Coco. Yeah. What year do you think Coco came out in? I know what year Coco came okay. out in, because I saw it in theatres. It came out in... You saw 20... it in the cinema. <laughs> I saw it. In theatres. I yeah. saw it. In the run-down ass Odeon. On Sidwell Street. On Sidwell Street. We never went to watch the film there together. No, because it's a bad cinema. It was like, fine. I saw it with three people who I was living with, with at the time, so it would have been in 2018. Yeah, well, it came out in 2017, but it was probably um, still running. I went to see it Valentine's Day 2018. Right, yeah, so it probably came out like um, late August. Yeah. And then, or, you know, late autumn and then kind of ran around. Because I saw it with. I saw it with five other people, two of whom, in, and then me also, so three of us, of the six of us, had like just gotten dumped all yeah. in the space of like a week. It was better than the film you watched when you got done before, which was Three Billboards. Three billboards. It's yeah. so great. I saw that the day after I got done. Yes, it's a great film. Uh, I cried better, the entire time. Better than watching Deadpool 2 um, twice <laughs> in a row after you get dumped, which is a story that I have to tell. So I went to see it with um, a bunch of uh, people who I was living with and another one of our friends, me... Um, our non-binary friend who we lived with and my and a, a guy friend who we lived with all very emotional people all had just been broken up with came out of the theatre absolutely sobbing um, and the three other girls uh, the three girls who we lived with at the time totally like stone faced could not care less about the, the end of the movie where I was like <laughs> I was already warm she's going to cry I'm going to cry a lot during this movie okay so Coco it was directed by John Lasseter. <laughs> That's a name to pick out. It was not directed by John Lasseter. It was directed by someone who is now 
like very entrenched more or less as Pixar royalty. It's Lee Unkrich. Oh, nice. He directed Toy Story 2 and 3, Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. Work. So he's directed like most of the highest grossing like Pixar films yeah. ever, basically. So he's like a Pixar. Yeah. He's, a, he's a Pixar guy, you know? Um, yeah, so directed by Lee Unkrich. Stars a lot of um, Latino actors, obviously, who aren't... Who weren't necessarily like as established in English. In Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood as they are in like Spanish shows. So a lot mm. of them had backgrounds in Spanish speaking shows, I should say. Yeah. And had... Mexico you know, has like a crazy huge yeah. film industry. Yeah, absolutely. And had like, um, you know, smaller or less established parts in, in English speaking shows, which mm. I think is really neat that they were able to find, you know, yeah, like authentic The little voices. boy who voices Miguel yes. is like... 19 now which is crazy to me yeah that's how time works yeah. maybe it's been six years since oh then. my god and it took he would record his dialogue like while they were doing the animation so. yeah yeah absolutely so um this is the film that uh sorry this is the first film that has a principally latino cast and has over a hundred million dollar budget yeah um and it's also the longest ever pixar film and actor production Really? Oh, it, yeah. It, they started production in 2011. That's crazy. It took them six years to, like, make it, and they were actively working on it all the way through. It is a very... the the uh, Like, all the background design and stuff is very intricately detailed. It's very busy. It's very, like, beautiful to look at. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've never seen it, so... It's really good. Uh, I am... Um... I don't always love uh, like animated mm. films and TV shows, which I'm aware is fully like my own damage. But um, it's not damage; it's just preference. Well, when I say my own damage, I mean it's yeah. my own like thing. Is that I don't usually love those kinds of movies, so I'm quite excited to see how I get on with it. What are some of your favorite animated things that you've seen? Then, mm. just to like give me a ballpark. Okay. Uh, Wallace and Gromit with their own trousers. <laughs> sure. All right. It's a, it's a the chick the, the um the penguin. Oh. He's a devious fella. When he's on like the uh, train, the model train. He has a train. name. He was yeah. a clue in Only Connect last week. Good for him. Um, so yeah, uh, Wallace and Gromit the wrong trousers. Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. I'm, I'm not just going to name Wallace and Gromit. That Gromit. movie terrified me as a small I know, child. It's a I had the PC, PS2 game. That was really Scary. Good. Uh, are there like, animated things that I like? Anything non-British. Uh, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that one is good. Alright, um, free pass. So stop motion, then. I, I like, yeah, stop motion. Like, I guess things where there is, I was going to say, like, craft to it. And obviously, not to discredit the amazing work that's done by, like, It is Pixar easier to see the craft of stop motion yeah, than it yeah, is Yeah, where, where it's, it's done with physical, with physical work rather than computer-generated, I suppose, yeah. is what I find really, um, really appealing. Obviously, I like some of the classic, like, Disney stuff mm. as well, but um, in general... Will's a of, huge Hercules fan. I am. Hercules. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, that is not on the list, tragically. So, more facts. Can you guess how much the budget for this was? You told me maybe f- two minutes ago, and I have completely well, forgotten. Well, I said it was the first ever film to break the $100 million budget mark, but it was more than $100 million. $100 million, $50,000. So expensive. That is. It's a beautiful movie, though. Yeah, but that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it returned $800 million. So it made like it made the money back in kind of in spades, but it was like yeah. a lot of money and a lot of budget back. It's um, the most days and number one in like the box office charts yeah. of any animated film in the twenty first century. Really, which is amazing. That's crazy. It's like Pixar can make anything, and it. I wonder why this though, because we've had Pixar movies come out after this, and they have not done as well as Coco. 
no, I guess I guess Coco really struck a chord, and it was also like one of the last really big uh, Pixar films to come out pre-COVID. Yeah, as well I guess. as the other thing where Disney uh, Plus. Yeah, uh, like before Disney Plus, and I feel like because um, you know Disney don't release like sales reports, obviously. Yeah. For Disney Plus, and I feel like also. Um, you know, cinema going culture isn't as much of a thing anymore these days. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, we still go to the cinema all the time because we like movies. Yeah, we're like that. It's not, like, as much of an entrenched thing now, I don't think. And every, every you know, studio has their own on-demand service. There's, like, mm. Paramount Plus, Warner Brothers. They've got they've got a thing. Um, your your favourite film production company, Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, I'm Netflix, not going HBO. to comment. You're, you're not going to rise to the bait, fine. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, Pixar can... To get it done, I guess, was, was sort of my point of mentioning that. Good for them. It's got an 81 out of 100 on Metacritic, and it's very yeah. critically well-liked. It's great. It's a good... I don't, okay. like, I don't have anything to say. I really like this do you, film. Do you think it got any Oscar noms or, and or wins? I know it did, because I watched the Oscars that year <sighs> to make sure it, it... I think it won Best Animated Feature. Yeah, it did. It won Best Animated and, Feature and Best Original Song. And BB-8 presented the award. Sure. I remember... Uh, fine. Uh, I can imagine like tipsy <laughs> am at five a.m. or whatever. Yeah, we were drinking white Russians to start with, and then we made sangria out of pink lemonade and powdered cinnamon oh my and red God. wine. That it was horrible. I was nineteen. Yeah, but um, yeah, so it won. It it was nominated for and obviously won both best animated feature mm. and best original song for Remember Me. Yes, um, beautiful song. Very. I get in recent years, best animated feature has basically been. Pixar films come out this year. Yeah, we're awaiting one of the best uh, best animated features this year nominations is Turning Red this year's or yeah. I guess last year's. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're um, a dear listener. We're recording this two days before the mm. Oscars ceremony yeah. for the twenty twenty two like releases. Watch this space. So, uh, but I feel like this year there's good. Um, you know, there's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and Woo-hoo! there's uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Great movie. So there are, like, decent competition. It's not just, here's a Pixar film and, that came um, out And Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yes. The stop motion movie. Yes. There you go. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to. It's great. Is that the one with Jenny Slate in it? Yes, she voices Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And Isabella Rossellini's in it. Who's? Isabella Rossellini? Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I heard what you said, I just don't know who that is. She is Mother. Like bag, she's like a, bag of chips. No, she's a his. Uh, um, she came from the stage originally, but is a great historic okay, what, actress what she's in cinema. Uh, dra- oh my god, I'm blanking. Death, Death becomes her. Oh right, that was the, um, with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah, and Golly uh, Horn. And like someone else, like Cher or something is in it. No, you're thinking of the Witches of Eastwick. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna look up Death Becomes Her. I guarantee you, Cher is not in Death Becomes Her. There's someone like Cher. There's like a famous. Um, um, musician. Uh... He's looking up the cast. Oh, I'll tell you who I was thinking of. Not a female person. It was Fabio. Okay. The model. I'm like, understood. There was understood. A, someone who was famous externally. Yes, who yes. was like a cameo in the film. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway, back to Coco. Back to Coco. Did it deserve Best Animated Feature? What else was nominated that year? I, I, I always do this bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget to look up. Uh, twenty sixteen Oscars was for twenty fifteen. So this would be the ninetieth Academy Awards. Twenty eighteen, yeah. Yep. It took place in March. Yeah. As, as is this one. Oh, same year as Three Billboards. Is that right? Yeah, because again, I yeah. saw it just after I. Oh my dumped. god! This is the year that um, the Boss Baby got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. 
So best anime feature films are Coco, The Boss Baby, uh, Ferdinand, that one about the chicken. Uh, no, The Bull. The, the Bull, yeah. Um, With Channing Tatum voicing Ferdinand. Yes, that was a Fox animated thing when Fox still did an animation mm. studio. And Love and Vincent. That is the... Um, Vincent Van Gogh Yeah, uh, sort of um, biopic. Yeah, it's like a I weird... have seen all of them apart from Loving Vincent. Yeah. But I can tell you that it's definitely better than Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's definitely better than Ferdinand. Breadwinner? Breadwinner? Oh, I haven't seen Breadwinner either. Okay. The thing is, Loving Vincent and Breadwinner are both for adults, they're not family films. Yeah. And whilst I think that an adult animation should definitely at some point set that precedent and win Best Animation, mm-hmm. um, I don't think the Oscars are going to let that happen. Whether Breadwinner... Or Loving Vincent deserve to win. I haven't seen them, so I can't comment. But I think they would have been unlikely to be picked. Although I kind of wish they had. Because I think adult animation is a beautiful art. Okay. And deserves more respect. Um, best original song, it won. <clears throat> um, the other nominees were Mighty Riff Mudbound, which mm-hmm. I haven't... First Netflix uh, film ever nominated for mm. Oscars. And sung by Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Who's cool. Uh, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name by Sufjan Stevens. That is really good. And it's really mm. good in the film as well. It's a great film. Shame about Army Hammer. I went on... Did I tell you how I saw that movie? Oh, Call Me By Your Name? Yeah. Okay, is that where you were smiling? Yeah, I right. went on a date with uh, this girl who had seen it and it had been her seventh or eighth time seeing the movie. Oh. She took me to see it on a first date. Oh. I'm like, it's hard to take someone on a first date to a film you've seen maybe once or twice yeah. before. She drove me home though. That was nice. Good on you, Sophie, wherever you are. Was that, was that before or after she tried to murder you? And <laughs> she didn't lock, try lock to you, murder me. Lock you in her she boot, was very like, pleasant. Like Joe Goldberg from you. <laughs> um, other nominees stand up for something from Marshall. Marshall is about Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Will's boy crush of the year. No, I think he's a very inspirational. Um, he's one of my inspirations in life, probably. Um, but Thurgood Marshall, the, uh, the the film is Marshall. It stars yeah. Chadwick Boseman. It's not a great film yeah. necessarily and the song isn't great and this is me from The Greatest Showman oh yeah and absolutely I think it's better than um, the Sophia Stevens song but I don't really like that song uh, and I don't like The Greatest Showman yeah it romanticises PC Barnum who is a horrible person it's also just a bad movie it's also just a bad movie it's the guys that did um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen yeah which is crazy because they're pretty good songwriters yeah and The Greatest Showman has bad songs yeah go figure so we've established, we think, that it earned like, both of those wins for big those agree. nominations. Big agree, big um, agree. Yeah, and I realistically, you're not going to win a huge amount else as an animated picture, I don't think. It wasn't a super good year for movies, I'm yeah. not going to lie. 2018 was not the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at those stuff. I mean, Shape of Water is good. Shape of Water, Get Out, Ladybird, Phantom Thread. Okay, maybe it was a good, good year for movies. Three Billboards is good. The Post, um, the one with Meryl Streep and The Tom Post Hanks. sucks, I've seen it. It's not a good movie. I liked it. Best fiction Very boring. Oh, oh, sorry, were there not enough explosions in it? Call yeah. Me By Your Name is great. I, Tonya came out that year. I love I, Tonya. Maybe it, maybe it was a good year for movies. Maybe uh, I was wrong. The Florida Project, one of my favourite films ever. Can we get back to Coco? Uh, do we have to? Oh, you like The Big Sick <laughs> as well. I do love The Big Sick. Come on, Nanjani. He wrote it. Yeah. Good for it's him. about his real life wife. His, who produced his, it. His real wife. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, plot. Uh, I've got just an talk about here because yes. I don't know the plot. So, the plot is. I, I, I know something happens on the Day of the Dead and it's about his. He's like a musician and yeah. he turns into a skeleton. It's about a little boy who wants to be a musician really badly. Is it called Ernesto? 
No. Okay. Ernesto de la Cruz is another character in the movie. Right. I think you told me I'm like an Hector? Yeah, you are. Okay. Uh, his name is Miguel, mm-hmm. and he's a little 10-year-old boy. His family runs a shoemaking business, very family-oriented, like his mum, his dad, his uh, uncles and aunt, his cousins, and his grandma all work there. Mm-hmm. But one of their big family rules is that they basically don't like music. His grandma hates music. Um, mm-hmm. And no one will really tell him why, but he loves music, he wants to be a musician. Ernesto de la Cruz is like presented, I'm sure he's based on a real-life historical figure who I am not aware of, um, but he's very much presented. You know how like Elvis did all those movies in the 50s yeah. and was like a singer? It's kind of like that, so he is like a figure who has a bunch of old black-and-white movies who Miguel watches in his little clubhouse and like tries to copy his songs and he thinks he's great. Um, but something goes terribly wrong due to convoluted circumstances that we will see in the movie and he ends up getting trapped in the land of the dead. Oh no. And he has to get back. Otherwise he's going to stay there and die forever. Stakes are pretty high. There's something about his grandmother as well, right? His grandma, like I just said, his grandma yeah. is the person who oh, yeah. doesn't like any music. Will was on his phone for the whole explanation. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> I was also like checking a, a, a trivia thing that I yeah. looked up, so I, I wasn't just I know. ignoring I'm you. I'm just teasing you. I was doing things to the good of the podcast. <laughs> Not that you'd know that social media manager. His grandma doesn't like there being any music, so there's yeah. no music in the family, but he really wants to be a musician, and he doesn't understand, because no one will tell him why his family doesn't like them playing music. It's because, like, um, his uncle was like playing his guitar and were hit by a car or something. Watch the movie. It's something like Watch that. Watch the movie. Yeah. I, I, I sort of vaguely know what's happened through cultural osmosis anyway, but they are. So you have definitely seen it. Then. I have. I love this movie what and you, I have been putting off is, watching it for months. Is there anything you were like expecting from a rewatch? Um, yeah, I think I haven't watched it since I have been to my first ever funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and people close to me have lost loved ones because of like everything that's happened in the past few years and i think this idea of like keeping people who have passed on with you and family and remembrance yeah is something that is like is you know it it always affects me deeply i lost a friend when i was very young Mm -hmm. and death has always been this kind of thing i have forced myself to believe is like comforting and beautiful and something we should accept and like a natural part of life family friendly family friendly (laughs) podcast and i think it is really really nice i always love seeing death portrayed in media as not necessarily this terrible great evil we should all be afraid of Mm -hmm. um i love that especially like in a movie for children i think it's important that we think um about death with kids and talk to kids about death and it not be something that they're terrified of yeah cool good 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 rundown i'm pro death uh <laughs> very deep rundown for our silly podcast um it's a very deep movie this is i love when pixar engages when when, when pixar make a film that adults can enjoy as well as children <laughs> but i think that's where they have their value is in, like the i know people have criticized them for doing more abstract stuff like soul and inside out but mm-hmm. i kind of really enjoy those movies so you know. So the criticism is not valid because <laughs> Anne likes the film. No, I'm just saying it's my perspective. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm teasing. Um, for me, first time seeing it, I'm like, well, 
it's like a top 10 most expensive film to make, mm. uh, animated film to make of all time. Yeah. So, like, I'm hoping for, to, to be suitably impressed by the animation, to be like, this was worth 200 million. Um, bit of a fast that uh, Avengers Endgame isn't in the animated film category, considering how much of that took place <laughs> on a soundstage, but anyway. Zing! Me, Take that, but it's Disney. about Avatar The Way of Water. Right. Ugh. Uh, best Picture nominee. Yeah, and not Best Animated Picture nominee. Uh, no, which is like weird, I guess, because there are humans Is it the same thing as when Kai was talking about when a foreign film gets nominated for Best Picture, but doesn't get nominated for like Best Foreign, foreign yeah. which is like, but but you clearly think it's the best of the foreign because it's the only one you've nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Makes no sense. Um, I hate the Academy. This is an RRR um, stand. We love you, past. RRR! Ridiculous, that wasn't India's nominee for Best uh, Foreign Picture, anyway. It's a great movie. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, that is that talked about. I'm going to talk about some trivia now. Give me the trivs. The town that they're in is called Santa Cecilia. Yes. Saint Cecilia is the Catholic patron saint of musicians. Oh, sick! That's really so that's cute. cute. Um, whenever the characters play the guitar, mm-hmm. their fingers match the actual chords that they would be playing. Yeah, that was like, one of the things I time. loved about it when I watched it in theatres. And um, less a trivia thing, but more a keep an eye out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Pixar movies, they have like running jokes where they have like the same classroom that they're yeah. all in when they went to like. It's like B two one one two or something. Yeah. So that appears in it, and they also have the Pizza Planet truck. So you've got to keep an eye out for the pizza plant delivery truck. So keep an eye out for it. I absolutely will. You two listeners and tweet us at D8 Night Driving. (laughs) You spotted the pizza planet truck. Yes. There you are. Okay, so we've done that. Uh, Yeah. Do you think it deserves its place? It is number 73 on the IMDb Top 100. Yeah. Yeah, I I do. I think I I would put it as mentally, if I Mm. I would like do a 75 to 70 ranking. But you said it wasn't even maybe a top five... Pixar film for you. Yeah, I would replace the other Pixar movies higher in okay. the top 100 So you would list. have, like, at least five Pixar films plus all the other live-action films you like and still have place for this at number 70? Yes. You have no idea how many movies I would get rid of in this top 100. Oh, no, no, I've got, I've got a good idea. <laughs> but I, I like to think there are some where you are fairly negative about them, like... Um, yeah, uh, same Private Ryan yeah. or like Aliens and us watching this podcast, you were like, yeah. Absolutely. And also I would like to point out that my personal top five ranking isn't necessarily what I think is like a great movie. And has insane movie. <laughs> I uh, really, taste. really enjoyed. There are some movies that I really, really enjoy, but like that I wouldn't consider them great movies, but I love them. So, you know, whilst it would, because it is maybe just top ten of my um, favourite Pixar movies doesn't mean I wouldn't rank it higher if I was doing it. This is like the best made or best movie over mm-hmm. I enjoy it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, you know, I, I need to like watch it. I, mm. I doubt that I, th- that I will think that it deserves a top 100 space just because yeah. um, I, you know, I, I know this is a film that has a lot of firsts um, you know, featuring lots of Latino characters there's some really interesting stuff with like the concept of death which is something that Pixar do a little bit more with stuff like Soul as well um but you know my perspective on top 100 films I'm like this is the 40th or something film that Pixar put out they kind of had the formula nailed at this point there's also another interesting thing I wanted to point out with 
I hope it is um, interesting. Are you familiar with the movie The Book of Life? Yes, I've heard of it. You like it? I like it. It is a movie with a concept and plot very similar to this one. It was released a year before, but they started developing it after people made... Uh, they started work on Coco. Yeah, because Coco started work in 2011. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so there's a lot of discourse. Is there? Yeah. By discourse, that means people being stupid on the internet. People are always being stupid on the internet. Yeah, but that can't be forever. But whenever you say discourse, you're like, <laughs> yeah, some people are saying stupid stuff on the internet, and other people are disagreeing with them, and they're saying equally stupid stuff. Yeah. But that's I just an interesting tidbit. I just that that. that. So, we are having, um, like, loosely themed... Um, food and drinks in connection with watching this movie. Well, I'm not having any drinks. Yeah, yeah, because these two fucking entities don't have any margaritas. Yeah, and we're, do, we're margaritas. doing essentially the white people taco night meme. We're having enchiladas. But enchiladas. And we're making enchiladas. We're making enchiladas. Um, and I'm having a cabeza. Yes. I'm having a Corona beer. I think it's Mexican. Question mark. Uh... Yeah, yeah, produced by Mexican brewery, Cabetheria Modelo. Yeah, they yeah. it is a Mexican beer, so... Okay, and uh, my last question is, which hypothetical movie snack favourite are you having to accompany this meal? This meal? We're not offering you this uh, film. Uh, oh, you know what? I just have a bunch of, like, um, uh, candy and, like, sweet buns and stuff. That people have on Dia de los Muertos. Have little sugar skull cookies. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, and loves food which is shaped like things. Mm. Food which is shaped like other things that aren't like the food that it is. If that I'm makes a sense. big fan of those cake videos where they're like, is it a real bowl or is it cake? Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, um, like, like an iPad baby will just sit there and watch like a two hour compilation of. My brain has to do so much object. work all day. I just need five minutes to be an iPad baby. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what I would have. Honestly, like the the, the like, I, I, you know, like the the Dia de los Muertos seemed stuff sounds mm. great. So yes, yeah, I, I, I would I would join you in that. Um, I will uh, chuck a hat in the ring for like specifically the. Okay, I had this once on a school trip to the cinema when I was like way younger, which was um, Diet Coke with Fanta put in it. So it's like Diet Coke with Fanta put in it, so it's this weird, like, orangey cola kind of taste, mm. but I liked it then. But I might have just been because I was 13 and I didn't really know anything. So that's what I'm going to have. Nice. It's a, it's a nostalgic thing for me. I don't think we've done popcorn yet, by the way. That's okay. I think it will still be really, really... You know, we'll get there one day when we need it. When, when we need it, exactly. exactly. So uh, we are going to Mexico. Yeah. By the power of In film. 2018. And then we go to the land of the dead. Ooh. Ooh, I spooky. hope we don't get stuck there like Miguel. Miguel. Not Hector. Or Ernesto. <laughs> Who are other characters in the yeah. movie? Yeah, I I'm just yeah. I was in the right postcode. I was yeah. just walking on the wrong door. Yeah. Um, there's some really great music in this movie. It's very centered around music as yeah, well. The, so the guy who plays Miguel, um, originally the character of Miguel was just meant to play his guitar. And it turned out the the actor could sing, so like now Miguel sings too. Yeah. It's great. I think we all sing. We do all sing. Uh, yes, that is a victorious reference to <laughs> end the first half of the Don't Make Drive-In. So we are, that's us parking in the drive-in as... The, look, the film is about to start. Shh, Time for the adverts. Russell, Russell, Russell. 
We're rustling the popcorn bag. Do you have um, any like plasticky things that you can rustle? Uh, that is, those are Am's tissues because she is um, sick at the moment and she's being very brave so everyone's saying well done Am well done Am okay we'll see you next time after the movies yes after the movies Buenas tardes Welcome back to the Date Night Drive-In. We are talking about Coco, having just watched it. Yes, we just finished watching it right now. Actually, we watched it pretty recently, given how long we sometimes go between watching the film and recording. So, it was like less than 24 hours ago, which is close to us. Yeah, very close. So, Coco, what did you think? I love that movie. I'm so glad it held up. I had such a great time. I really enjoyed it as well. Oh, yeah! Oh, that's so good to hear. So, uh, immediate thoughts, what stood out to you? Um, I think the little details are definitely what stood mm-hmm. out to me. Like, uh, you mentioned how the the, par- the parallels between like the living world and the spirit world, like, there's a bit where they are having a talent show in the living world, and they're also having one in the land of the undead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think, like, the, the little details really make it, it's very cute and fun. Lovely. Um, yeah, what was your favourite? think about it oh gosh um lots of things i really liked about it actually mm-hmm. more than i was expecting so don't always because you know there's like the pixar formula right where yeah. <clears throat> it's like a little bit cheesy and it's a yeah. little bit like it's very like family friendly you can kind of see the beats coming i like that this one was actually quite a surprising plot i suppose like yeah the big plot twists were Ector was actually... Spoilers, spoilers. Oh, spoilers, spoilers, yeah, for a film that came out six years ago. <laughs> watch it, I guess. If you're worried about spoilers, go and watch it now. But, like, Ector was actually the guy that wrote all the songs that made Ernesto famous. Yeah. And that Ernesto actually killed Hector. <gasps> and that Hector was, um, you know... The Miguel's Miguel's, granddad. Um, well, Great-granddad. Great-great-granddad. Yeah, because his grandma is Abuelita. Yeah, and, and then, then Mama Coco is his great-grandma. Then, yeah, and then Ernesto's her dad. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Hector's her dad. Yeah. He thought it was Ernesto. Um, the music is, like, good. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, great. I'm like, Remember Me is fine. Like, I enjoyed it plenty. I think... We had the same favourite song, though. Yes. Which was? Yeah, Yorona. Yeah, it was really good. Beautiful. So, uh, I guess I would say, um, and this is maybe a slightly unfair, like, comparison, I guess, because I know it's not the same every year, and you can only... In the Oscars, right, you can only beat what's nominated alongside you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like compare uh, "Remember Me" to like you know "Nasu Nasu" from this year, or which something is like awesome, that. or some of the other like um, you know Disney Oscar-winning songs like from Lion Chow, King. And Chow Papa, like which is the animated picture nominated song this year from yeah. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, is a good comparison. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But yeah, uh, so quick plot rundown. Will can what what do you remember of the plot? Sure. So, um, in a, the town of Santa Cecilia, yes, lives a boy called Miguel. Yes, and the his, perfect little 10, 12 year old. He reminds Anne so much of her brother. Yeah, very and like function. And through tears, he's wearing the same hoodie my brother used to wear. Yeah. Um, so his family, uh, because his great grandfather ran away to be a musician, allegedly, fam- allegedly. His family hate music. Yes. And they ban all music, but he loves this famous singer called Ernesto de la Cruz, who you're right, is sort of like an Elvis figure in terms of like his impact. Like everyone loves him. He like 
revolutionised Latin music and stuff like that yeah. in like Mexico. Yeah. It's not explicitly set in Mexico, but it is Mexico, yeah. right? Um, and there is, on the Day of the Dead, um, his family is setting up all the pictures of everyone and he sneaks off to go and perform in a talent show but it turns out that he is like sort of half dead when he steals the guitar from Ernesto de Cruz's like yeah because crypt. it's a day where you're supposed to give stuff to the dead and he's and, taken and he from took the from dead. them so he gets cursed and he can see dead people like Hayley Joel Osman mm-hmm. in Sixth Sense um, the Sixth Sense is seeing dead people spoilers yes I know uh, spoilers Bruce Willis is dead um, and sorry that was an insufferable thing to say <laughs> Uh, and then he um, can see all of his old family, like um, his grandma Imelda and his aunt Rosalie and uh, some of his like other cousins, uncles yeah. and things like that. And he has to get their blessing to um, return to the spirit world and put up everyone's photos so they can step through and see their living friends in like the living world. And, um, you know, without doing a full plot run through, he... You know, he's trying to get the blessing of Ernesto de la Cruz, who he thinks is his grandfather, and he's helped by this guy called Hector, who turns out to be his actual great-grandfather, and then he's trying to, like, reconcile Hector's memory. There's some really fun things there about how people, like, live only when they're remembered yeah. in the dead world. Like, if you if you don't remember... If you're forgotten by your living family, yeah. then you basically disappear and well, cease to exist entirely. It's super neat, because it really reminded me, actually, of... Um, in Neil Gaiman's American Gods, yeah. the gods like fade and lose their power once people stop believing in and worshipping them. And it's a similar sort of thing. Absolutely. Where, you know, when the dead aren't remembered, they fade from the undead world, yeah. more or less. Um, yeah, it's it's really neat. It's um, like quite emotional. Like it got it made me a little bit, it got me a little bit sometimes. Oh, it got you a little bit. What bit got you? Um, when like Hector finally got to see his, like when Mama Coco dies. Yeah, and, he gets um, to see his little girl again. Yeah. Aww. So actually, I was gonna, speaking of Mama Coco, I was going to ask you something. What, what do you think like the significance of them naming the film Coco is? Um, I like why did they choose to name it after Mama Coco, who is a secondary character compared to like Miguel, Hector, Ernesto. So for the longest time, it was named. I think he was called some. The working title of it was something like akin to Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Or like something very very similar. Um. And I think they decided to name it after Coco because the titular song "Remember Me" mm-hmm. is like the for her. For her. Well, it's not the titular song. The the song that was nominated, okay. the most important song, was named was like written for her, which is why I think she was uh, sort of centered by the narrative. But I think this movie can inspire a great conversation about animated movies because. Um, as you all may well know, the history of Best Animated Picture was the year Shrek was released, 2001, everyone thought that it was going to receive a nomination for Best Picture. That's right. So, in order to combat an animated picture, specifically Shrek, a movie with a lot of fart jokes, being nominated for Best Picture, they decided to create a whole new category for Best Animated Feature. Mm Mm-hmm. So the kind of discourse, I guess, I always get into around Best Animated Feature is whether it's about the animation or the quality of the movie, I guess. You know, is it Best Animated Feature because the animation is great or is it Best Animated Feature because it is the quote-unquote best movie, which is a very difficult thing to judge. Um, what What are your thoughts on the topic? Um... Well, Best Picture never been just the best movie, yeah. I guess, right? Um, like, never. Yeah. 
I, I mean, you can look at like the La La Land, Moonlight, oh Moonlight gosh, kind of that. situation. Yeah. I only said Moonlight. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's a different film. Where, like, I think, you know, taste is subjective. But I think most people would agree La La Land was the better picture, but Moonlight won it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Academy at the end of the day is a group, a certain group of people's um, tastes and yeah. expectations, I guess, which isn't necessarily reflected by everyone. So, you know, best animated picture, it's a mix of, like, the best actual animating, the best story that happens to be rendered, that sort of thing. Okay, interesting. I appreciate Is that, that a fair answer? Yeah, I think that's a totally fair answer. Oh. And where do you think this stands as the best animated picture against the movies it was? Um, well, it's not only against, like, the boss baby. Yeah, and the breadwinner. I which I haven't seen. It's Have supposed you? to be very... No, but it's supposed to be very good. Yeah, like, I don't really feel comfortable... Uh, maybe may in private, where it doesn't really matter, but I don't feel yeah. like on a podcast being like, here is what I think about a film that I have not seen yeah. and I only heard the reputation of. Um, no, like, it's good. I, I think Coco will go down as, like, maybe a top... F- like, a top five to ten Pixar film for me, yeah. probably. Like, for me, it doesn't quite reach some of my real favourites, like Tangled mm. or uh, Ratatouille, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Ratatouille. <laughs> I think my favourite thing about it is... I suppose this is true of a lot of Pixar movies, but I feel it's more true of, of, of Coco, is that it was made with a lot of love. Yeah. And despite the fact it was um, directed by, you know, a, a, a white, you know, European-American, yeah. if you like. Um, yes, uh, it was co-directed by a Latin-American uh, man, and a lot of the writing team were also, you know, white, like, Caucasian, you know, yeah. Americans. It was... Um, Still, it still seems to be very well received in like Latin circles, and people feel like it's very um, respectful to you know Dia de los Muertos. Although, although Disney did try to copyright Dia de los Muertos when this movie came out. Really? Yeah, that's a true oh, fact. Uh, reminder: Disney sucks. Down with I the hate, mouse. We hate. We hate the mouse. We hate the mouse. Um, that sucks. However, it seems to be like yeah. I think the creative team of Disney and the legal team of Disney are two very different departments yeah. in the same company, and that is something that would all serve us well to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like the creative team, particularly with Pixar, right? Yeah. Like, they are people who are trying to tell the best story they can, and if that means, like... I, I don't want to say selling their souls to Disney, but if it means using the mouse's vast resources to, like, support that... I understand That's a sacrifice it. they're willing to take, and I understand it. And I understand it's also tricky to tell... You know, like indigenous stories, yeah. Without having the a big amount of funding for that, it's like um, I feel the same way about another one of my favorite Pixar films, which is Moana. Yeah. Where like it's a great story, very authentic to like, you know, that indigenous like um, Pacific belief Islander. system. Yeah, Pacific Islander, like belief system and everything. I think you would struggle to be able to get the budget to do a film like Moana if it wasn't via Disney Pixar. Yeah. But it also sucks that a story like that is making, um, you know, a, a megalithic corporation like Disney more money. Exactly. Like, is megalithic the word that I meant? I meant monolithic, I think. What does <laughs> megalithic mean? Um, some more stuff, which I, I already know the answer to the question you're going to ask me about going for dinner. Yes. Um, which is the person I'm about to bring up. Here is. Uh, the EGOT, uh, Bobby Lopez. Yes. Did the music for this. And I was like, of course he did the music for this. He's amazing. Yeah. Also, yeah, cool to have more... Um, you know, more people... Riding off the back of Frozen. Right. But pe- people with, like, um... Fro... Uh... Sorry. 
just cool to have like more people that are respected elsewhere like getting you know their flowers for stuff like this yeah exactly like he did music and lyrics for Coco for Frozen and for the Winnie the Pooh film the 2011 one the animated one and uh, oh my gosh the puppet musical Mystery Science Theatre? No, he has written a puppet musical that beat Wicked for Best Musical on Broadway. Uh, Avenue Q? Yes, Avenue Q. He did He did Book of Mormon, he worked on South Park for a really long time, he has a very prolific career. Yeah, he, he did um he did the book, didn't he, for yeah. Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, the Book of Mormon. The Book Book of Mormon. <laughs> the Book of Mormon Book of Mormon. Okay, proceed with your questions. Uh proceed. Okay. So um you've done that one. Who would I pick? Uh I think um, your man Leon Critch is like interesting because yeah. he's been part of Toy Story uh, of Toy Story he directed Toy Story 2 and 3 he directed Monsters Inc and Finding Nemo great films it's always really fun doing this with animated people because we almost always ignore all the voice actors and go to the technical yeah, cast absolutely and um, which means he's been through Pixar since like the Disney acquisition right yeah when was the Disney acquisition of Pixar I like... believe it was in the 90s oh really let's find out Welcome to uh, 2006. Oh, okay, work. So, look, he has made films both under the Pixar Independent Studio label and under the Disney Pixar label. Nice. So I think that would be really interesting to discuss yeah. and how he feels, I guess, like, ethically about that. Also, this is the first film that he has made, I, I believe, looking at his other films, is, like, a cultural film, really. Because, like, Toy Story 2 and 3, Monsters and Confining Nemo are all very cute films that are... That are making like wider statements about the world and stuff like that. They but... don't represent a culture in the same way Disney's recent spate of movies have made an effort to. Yeah, absolutely. Like Coco and Canto, Soul, Set Turning One. Red, Turning Red, Moana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Disney have hit their new formula. Um, under Pixar. Raya and the Last Dragon, even. Yeah, uh, we're not going to make any comments about the similarity in that and Avatar: The Last Airbender because <laughs> we don't want to get Lindsay Ellis. Uh, we love you, Lindsay Ellis. You can feel free to add enthusiasm if you want. We love you, Lindsay. Thank you. Uh, and every character except one is replaced by a Muppet in this. Who would the person who's not a Muppet be? I think I'm going to posit that two people should remain human. Okay, Rogue. Miguel and Ernesto. Yes, I think that works. Great. Ernesto has to be a human. If that man is... Scar is a Muppet, can still be menacing. Yeah. Ernesto is a Muppet, not going to be not scary. So Kermit would be... Hector. Is, is Kermit goofy enough for Hector? Yeah, Kermit would be Hector. Okay. Miss Piggy is a melder. Yeah, and they end up together as well. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, then, um, oh, um, Stammer and Waldorf can be the, the twins. Yeah, Oscar and Felipe. Yeah, Oscar and Felipe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It, it works. That's yeah. great. Okay. I, I'm glad that we're continuing to Muppet Anise everything. Robin can be Miguel if he has to be a Muppet. Yeah? You think? That's the little frog. Yeah. Not Kermit. No. There are multiple frogs? Yeah, Robin is Kermit's nephew. He's the one who sang, uh, sings the the one about the stair that you really like. Oh, yeah, there used to be a, a, a lullaby my mum sang. My mum sang that for me and West Ham's song Bubbles. <laughs> so that's how this was produced. So, um, you know, rapidly careening towards the end of our little talkback piece now, um, this film was ranked number 73 on the IMDb Top 100. Do you think that is a fair reflection of what I stand by my statement earlier in this podcast. Absolutely it is. Okay, interesting. So I'm going to take a quick look at the IMDb Top 100 now. 
I'll just take a quick look through and see other animated movies that are here. The Lion King, which and um, I believe My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away are also on there. Yeah, like Lion King, Grave of the Fireflies, um, My Neighbor Totoro is on here. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse is on here. Hell yeah. I think all of these films are better than um, Coco. But they're all above it. Yeah, so they're all above it, but I think they deserve to be there. I think... Okay, I guess I'm going to make a very cop-out answer and be like... I would understand why you would want to have this in the top 100. I think you could also definitely make an argument for 100 films that are either better or more meaningful for the history of cinema. Boo! Cop-out answer, boo! It is a cop-out answer. I guess my personal rubric is, do I think this is either one of the top 100 films ever? Probably not. Do I think it's one of the top, one of the hundred most meaningful or significant films ever? Also, probably not. So, by my magic, I would say not. Okay, work. I think it'd go like a hundred and fifty. You still give it four stars, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, like for me, the watching experience was good. I don't think objectively it's that good. I don't think it was that important for like. I guess to me, right, the IMDb top one hundred is here are the hundred films which will give you a fundamental understanding of cinema. Okay. Else, right? Okay. So films where you could watch them and you understand the roughly the history of cinema, like influences between films yeah. and also the best that so cinema So you thought it was a great movie but you don't think it's historic? I don't think it's historic or one of the best movies ever. Okay. I guess. Look. And for you it's just your favourite hundred films. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also interesting because I guess because I'm the person here who is a cinema enthusiast and you're the person who is like professionally and academically qualified on this subject. I think I've just engaged with so many critics who pretend that they are offering an objective assessment when in reality all experience is subjective and that's all they can offer. Um, So I think there is, unless it is done in a large sample group, there is no point finding a consensus of what is objectively the best movies ever. Yeah, and uh, this is the IMDb... I think this is the top 250 just done on IMDb rating, which I guess is a large sample size because loads of people review the films, but... Yeah. So do you think that's like a, a fair reflection? I don't think so because I will, unless I am proven wrong, I am going to strongly doubt that the people who go onto IMDb and log films are a fair diverse reflection. representation yeah. of all the people on planet Earth right now. I mean, like the number one film on the list, which is The Shawshank Redemption, which is giving you pause to roll your eyes then, has like 11,000 reviews to get there. I that's guess. not a lot. It's not a lot. In the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of people to have bothered to have reviewed something. Yeah, exactly. And I think everyone who directly but, chooses to go and review a film is going to be a very similar kind of person. But then that's like a pretty limited... Like, it's an impossible task, I guess, otherwise, to like source everyone's view. I totally agree. Forming a art-based canon on any form of art as a subject yeah. is an impossible task. Okay, there you are. So you think the only way to fairly represent the top 100 films is impossible? You think it's not yeah, I think the best thing okay. we can do is look at what we like and discuss and critique. I also think when we finish the top 100 films we should do our own top 100. Yeah! Oh, that would be so fun. I'd love that. Cool. Especially because that will be in like eight years yeah. so it will have changed on, a lot. And on Letterboxd you can do like playlists so you yes. can do like the official top 100 playlist that and then so our fun. own top 100s. Aww. Speaking of top 100. Many... Yes. Uh, it's Anne's turn to draw. Anne's going to riffle She's riffling. Did you lose one there? I don't know, did I? Yeah, yeah you lost like two. I'm scattering names across. So it is... Oh, Oh, Amadeus! Oh, I love that movie! Okay, Rock Me Amadeus. We used to watch this all the time in music class when I was a little girl. 
Uh, glad to know the uh, huge sums of money your parents invested in your schooling was <laughs> I got a scholarship. <laughs> okay. So out of this, which was number 72 on the list, so it's one notch above Coco. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, actually. Yes, the film starring F. Murray Abraham. And? Tom Hulse. Yes. I love F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Um, yeah, so F. Murray Abraham as Sally Airy. It's great. It's Hamilton before Hamilton. It's hilarious to me that the movie is called Amadeus as well. Yeah, because it's about Sally Airy. Yeah. But it reinforces the This is a preview for the next episode. Anyway, yes. Okay, so catch us next time where we will be travelling back in time to 1984. So we can travel back in time to like 1500 or whenever Mozart was alive. Neither of us are music scholars, yeah. No, uh, I can't sing in time. Anna's a good singer. I can play a lot of instruments. I forget how many. Guitar, piano, drums, bass guitar, ukulele. I imagine. Can we just flute? Can we just fade out when you count? <laughs> okay. Like